This episode is brought to you by you through your support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash says who, where every Sunday, if you give it the five or $10 a month level, you get a whole other episode of this very podcast. Me and Maureen talking to you on a Sunday at patreon.com slash says who. Damn. Don't Maureen, go away. Don't leave. You, not, you, you look here. like you were going somewhere. Right here. Where were you going just then? I just was adjusting my stance. Well, it looked like you were leaving. Well, I turned a little bit, taking a breath. I didn't like it. I was like, this is her moment to talk about books. I can I can look away for a moment. I'm very nervous, Stan, because okay. while, while I was doing my workout, I, I put on the TV. And okay. um, I, I watch all different kinds of things. But uh, I chose Midsummer to put on. Ah. Did you see Midsummer? Did not. It's jarring. I've heard. I turned it off halfway through. I was like, I don't think this is for me. I like <laughs> I like a cult, but uh, it, it it makes you. This movie is it's pretty violent, and it will make you paranoid. So, mm. so now I'm just worried if anyone turns away that they're yeah. going to try to sacrifice me to a Scandinavian prayer cult. <laughs> but that's not what we're here about. It's if not. you're worried about being sacrificed to a Scandinavian prayer cult. Why not take the time out to relax with a book? Books mm. will not sacrifice you to the sun. That we they know. won't they won't lure you to a cliff or mm. a weird tent. I mean, okay. Maybe the box in the woods might be about some people being lured into a tent, but look, it's totally safe. Uh it's not as creepy as Midsummer. <laughs> because nothing is. Uh it's a fun mystery that you can solve on your own. Imagine that you're a detective. Well, that's what it's like. I'm just, I'm, I'm off my game. It's because this movie's made me all paranoid and it's hot. And I feel like I'm breathing sand because the air is all full of particulates here. To- hmm. Anyway, well. books, let's not, don't go to Sweden and get sacrificed. Don't go outside, sit inside, read a book, the box in the woods. And, you can get your books at bookshop.org slash shop slash says who. All of Maureen's books are there. My couple of books are there. And pretty much any book that you search for is there. And they'll just go mail it to you. You can get it in your house. You don't even have to step outside. Don't have to worry about that Scandinavian death cult. Bookshop.org slash shop slash says who. And if you like typing things into the internet, you can type merch.sayswhopodcast.com. And there are no books there, but there are t-shirts and mugs and all sorts of other things. Merch.sayswhopodcast.com. Dan, this, this, these notes say that this is episode 200? 200. <laughs> Whoa. Jesus. Come on. I, I, well, you got to finish it. It's not oh, the only right. part. Duh. Duh. Okay, let's just... <laughs> We're doing good.
The podcast We've that isn't a podcast. We've only done this 200 times, Maureen. The podcast that isn't a podcast. It's a coping strategy. I am Dan Sinker. And I am 200 times Johnson. Oh. 200, Dan. I feel it. That feel is it in my bones today. 192 more episodes than eight. That is, that was the promise made. According to my math. The promise made. For those of you new er to says who the original premise of says who was it was only going to last for the final eight weeks of the presidential election of 2016 yeah not the recent one no no the one that was four and a half years ago now uh it was it was a very limited run Eight weeks, me and you, we had a guest on every week talking about what the fuck is happening in the election. It was going to be short and sweet. We were both busy. We had things to do, people to see. And then. And then we stopped doing it and we're done. We've been dead ever since. (laughs) You know, he was back today, Dan. Our dear leader was giving his first press conference. Donald Trump was? Yeah, he gave... Oh, oh, you were at the DMV. You didn't even know he gave... I was at the DMV today, Maureen. He's he's launching a class action suit, Dan. Oh, right. I did see this. Yeah, he's suing uh, Facebook and Twitter. Have fun. Yeah, it should go... That should go real well for him. Folks that... uh, I've seen a few people that have actually read the... Sort of the outline of the attack, and it seems... Just about as based in reality as you would expect. Right, right. Well, he doesn't have, Danny doesn't, who's his lawyer now? That's a good question. Because it's not Rudy. I do know that accompanying him at this press conference and accompanying him on this uh, on this lawsuit is uh, Linda McMahon, who is the wife of World Wrestling Entertainment owner Vince McMahon. She is also a co-owner of World Wrestling Entertainment. Uh, she was the small business administration. She was the head of small business administration for the Trump admin, but she is now uh, part of his pack. And to me, if you're doing a showboat trial, why not bring an expert in showboating? In? Sure. Why not? Both she and Donald Trump both have taken Stone Cold Stunners from Stone Cold Steve Austin. I don't know what that means, Dan. Well, that he would be a professional wrestler from the heyday of the late 90s, early 2000s. His finishing move was called the Stone Cold Stunner. And both uh, Donald Trump and Linda McMahon have been on the receiving end of a Stone Cold Stunner. So he hit them? Uh, well, it's a little more complicated than that. It involves first kicking them in the gut mm-hmm. so they double over. Then you turn around grab their head and drop to the ground, letting them, uh, their chin hits your shoulder and then they pop up and flop to the ground. He did that to Donald Trump? Yeah, he sure did. Sounds fun to watch. During uh, during a storyline called The Battle of the Billionaires, which was Donald Trump versus Vince McMahon. Seems seems fun to watch, Dan. Well, you know, it it is. And then you realize that that person became the... President of the United States. That's a little more. Maureen Johnson, we are off the rails right now. It's our 200th episode. What are we doing talking about wrestling? It's Wait. our 200th episode. Dan, I'm a little sore. 
Are you? Want to know why? I do. Well, <laughs> I went to my first in-person exercise class. Oh, whoa. On Monday. Oh, okay. I was like, just now? No. no. Two days ago. Now, it's at a big place. Okay. They only let a couple people in. Okay. So there's not many people in at all. Yeah. Everybody has to be vaccinated. You're super far apart. And they charge extra because the class is so tiny. Yeah. Um, and in order to really like just pay someone, because normally it'd be like 16 people in the room or something and there's yeah. four. So, uh, but then this was, so this place does things like aerial yoga where you hang, like you do it suspended from a silk, things like that. Wow. But I, I've done, I used to do that and that's what I would probably, that's what I go over and do. But I did an extra because I saw it on a video then and became fascinated. I went to a bungee workout class. You went the what the fuck? They put you in a bungee harness <laughs> and they hang you from the ceiling. <gasps> what? I think you hurt me. Why? Because then you you exercise when you you basically get to float around on a bungee <laughs> and you get you can hang like you're in a like you're in a like a movie like you're in the Dun, 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 you know, like, uh -huh. a, like, a, like you can do that. Possible. Yeah. Here's the thing about, so it's really fun. When you bounce, you jump up high, you can spin, you can do stuff. The thing about the harness though is boy, oh boy, it really cuts into you in the soft parts of you. Mm. Um, so if you, when you do the lean forwards and bouncing off the grounds, it cuts into your stomach. Yeah. And when you do that, when you're back harnessed, it cuts into the inner parts of your legs Oof. It it really feels like you're being sliced through. Um, so aside, but it's really fun aside from the pain, and it's uh, it is a lot of pain. Um, so, but it's fun because you you're floating and bouncing, but also things are slicing you. Eesh. But it's fun. Mm. But it's a little painful. It sounds um excessive. It's not excessive. Okay. It's not even that hard of i mean you can it's not like you're exhaust you know it's just you're able to do some more free movements and that things is wild yeah that none of the words that came out of your mouth were things or what I you was expected expecting to i come know out of your mouth so it's also not one of those exercises where you're like exhaling heavily in the room like you're right. you know it's more flowing okay um but it's still work it's work and, like and you, you feel it a few days later still I mean, I feel it in the abs and definitely in the soft parts of my legs that had bungee cords, uh, bungee harness digging into them hard. Mm -hmm. Also, Dan, it's been so hot and muggy here in New York it, uh, and you know, it's gross here. So I feel like I've been breathing sand. Yeah. Yeah. It's been super brutal here. Like, my, lung, my lungs kind of hurt from it. I think it's all the construction and hot air. It's no good. It's been super, super, super hot here, but it has the heat has broken on this end. I this morning, Maureen, had to go to the DMV because my driver's license expired during COVID, and the state of Illinois kept uh, extending out when you could renew your driver's license. Uh, but the extensions end August first, so I was like, I need to do this, especially because we are hitting the road very soon. And uh, so you can make appointments at a few different DMV locations instead of going and waiting in what are apparently multi-hour lines. Uh, so I made an appointment a couple of weeks ago and ended up being this morning 
And uh, I also was like, well, I should get one of those real IDs while, you know, attached to my driver's license while I'm there, because eventually that will be required to fly. So I was like, oh, I got to do that. So there's all this paperwork that involved pulling up ancient documents like my birth certificate, which looks like I was born in like 1931 or something, because it's just like typewritten on paper. Uh, but you know, got it all, got there. And it was only then that I realized that basically... Like the DMV in, in good times is fairly anxiety inducing. And in COVID times was just like systematized anxiety attack at every possible stage of the at every possible stage of the equation. But I had also really gotten inside my head and I'm not even sure why. But the reason I was not able to automatically renew my driver's license, as far as I know, is because I had to take the eye exam again you know you have to do that like every eight years or some shit and i had really gotten inside my head that i was going to have trouble with the eye exam i don't really know why i think part of it was the, the last time i did it was before i had some eye surgery and it was in fact doing the eye exam that i realized that my eyes were more fucked up than i thought um and so I was like fully convinced that I was going to fail the eye exam. So like you're, I'm slowly moving through these stations where they're looking at all of this paperwork and no one has ever seen. I was not born in America, but I was born to American parents. So I have a consular. Oh, that's right. You were born in England. Yeah. Instead of having a normal birth certificate, I have something that's called like the consular like agreement of foreign birth to you like this very involved thing and so like people kept being like what the fuck is this and i was like it really is you're it's literally on your thing so like each stage not only was it its own little mini area of stress but it kept getting me closer to the stage where i was going to have to do the eye exam right and so i was just getting more and more stressed out and and uh, finally get to that stage. And the woman once again goes through all of this paperwork and is like, mm, I don't know what this is. I'm like, oh, Jesus, this again. Finally, she's like having me sign stuff. And then she goes, oh, by the way, uh, because of COVID, the eye exams are waived. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> what? So I never once had to actually take the eye exam that I had managed to fully and completely panic attack myself into worrying about. Is this a the right or wrong time to say that you've been delivering that entire monologue into a broom handle and not the microphone in front of you? <laughs> Here's the thing. I've been doing a lot of like just kind of taking care of shit. Right. Uh, and I realize more and more I am not ready to take care of shit. I mean... We're also still trying to secure permission to go to the UK. In like a very short amount of time. Oh, uh, yeah. In the, let's look, uh, two and a half weeks. Yipes. We still don't have permission. We call every day. Now we have a congressperson helping us oh, work wow. on it. Well, you just call their office and they have a USCIS person in oh, the office right. that helps you. And every time we call, we are told something different. Oh, that's good. Um, yesterday, we were asked to fax something. So I had to sign up for a weird computer fax yeah. service um but it's uh, it's confusing dan because the uk is apparently going to open everything on the 19th right despite the fact 
that Delta is is burning around. Yeah. And Lambda is also burning around right. there. So uh, right now, if we do get to go on arrival, we would be allowed to sleep in the hotel and then travel to Oscar's parents' house where we would be in strict quarantine the entire time of our stay. Okay. Which is the plan. Uh, that means we can only be in the house or outside in the garden, and that's it. Wow. Yep. Now, luckily, they got a big garden. <laughs> well, that's good. They have, I mean, they, they have horses, and, you know, they, it's, uh, they live in the country. So um, there's, there's, but we can't go anywhere but there. <laughs> can't go to the bank, can't go to the cafe, can't go, we can't do anything. You can be in the house. Perfect. We can be in the garden and we can pet the horse. The same horse, the same hot horse I got ringworm from a couple years ago. Oh, good. Uh, listeners will remember when I got ringworm from a horse. I do. Um, not the horse's fault. Um, but it's possible that we will be allowed to test out after five days. Um, or all the restrictions may be lifted or not. We just hmm. don't know that literally Anything could happen. Well, that sounds super chill. We get on a plane wearing, if we get to get on the plane, wearing tons of masks. Yeah. Uh, really uncertain what happens to us when we land, fill out tons of paperwork, get stuff shoved up our noses every five minutes, and then have to remain inside the house. Perfect. Or out in the garden with the horse. And um, that's, that's what, what's going to happen, Dan. Well, what could go wrong? But but that's not what we're here to talk about today or the fact that, that Trump gave a press conference or Rudy's in lots of trouble or all the cool things that are going on. We're here, we're, today, we're going to answer some of your questions. It's true. We thought for this, our 200th episode. Stop saying it like that. It is, it is a remarkable number. And, uh... Uh, it, it just comes out that way, Maureen. I'm not, it's just how it's coming out of my mouth. As I say it, I'm thinking about it mm -hmm. as I'm saying it. Because you didn't, like, I can't see wanting to sign up to do something with me for five years. Like, that's not a good plan. <laughs> you're like, I could do something with her for two months, but five, like, I mean, <laughs> there are limits. And now you're like, geez, I'm still doing it. Yeah. You would not true. have, if you were like, I need to be in partnership with this woman for like five years. You, would, you wouldn't have been like, let's, let's do this. Well, I think that that maybe is a good starting point okay. to answer questions. So we, uh, we thought, what a fun way to mark 200 episodes. And by uh, throwing it open to you, the Sezuvians that have been listening to us, some of you since very the very first episode, some of you more recently, uh, and answer questions that you have. We put the question, uh, we put the call out on Twitter and Facebook this morning, and uh, we have gotten a ton of questions. We will not get to all of them. Um, we may end up doing some on a uh, bonus episode, too, because there, there are a bunch. Uh, but I think that there is a good launching point for exactly where we were which is from twitter at my life lyrics asks do you regret your decision to start this podcast <laughs> that's now 192 episodes longer than originally planned nope why not 
I found it very, this is like my therapy, Dan. Like this is yeah. uh, this, you and me, Dan, we were in yeah. the car together. Yeah. Yeah. We're like, we, we Thelma and Louise did over the cliff. But we were fine, like our, five our, years ago. But it's just like a slow motion fall. Yeah, our car, our car flies. <laughs> That's what it turned out. We're like, wait, or so, but we can't get out of it. It flies. But I mean, if we open the door, we'd fall out. But yeah. as long as we stay in it, it flies. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a, it's like a Looney Tunes, like the you can't look down. Yeah. And if realize you, that you're that far out over the cliff because you will fall. But if you just stay, if you just kind of stick with it. <laughs> just keep looking forward. Never back, never down. It's how, and also how I processed, you know, I've enjoyed it. Got to know, like Dan and I, like we're a thing. We've yeah. made this thing. I totally, I totally agree. You know, like it, it was eight episodes. And I remember, like we really didn't know what, what we were doing after that eight, you know, like I remember you, it was, I think it was like two days after the election and you like being like, I think like maybe we just turn on the mics and talk, you know? And like, and then it was like a week later, it was like, maybe we do that again, you know? And like, there was sort of a, it felt like a few months early on where it was like, I guess we just, I guess why not? A, why not another? You know, and then it was finally like, I think we're just doing this. And like, you know, originally it was we'll do it until he's out of office, which will happen so soon. And then it became very clear that that was not happening. And somewhere along the way, it just yeah, I mean, it's I think about the fact and I would also call in uh, on Facebook, Molly Rose Whitting asks, what's been the most enjoyable part of recording says who? And I would say that my answer to both of these, like A, no, I don't regret the decision. And B, the most enjoyable part is like, I have a, we a weekly m appointment with which to talk to you yeah. about what the fuck has happened this week. And like, originally that remit was like, what the fuck has happened in the sort of dealing with Trump stuff, but that has morphed over the course of five years, you know, like it is as much about what the fuck has happened in our lives. And we have had some shit happen in our lives in that time. Right. And, um, and all of that, I mean, it's, it's very funny. Like I was thinking as I was driving to the DMV to try to distract myself from the panic that was looming about my eye exam for no reason, I was realizing other than the people that are inside my home, there is no one that I have talked to with the frequency <laughs> that I have talked to you in the last five years. Yeah. Like it's uh, like at first I was like, oh, well, no, like, you know, work calls and shit like that. <laughs> but I've changed jobs in that time. So like there is no work that I have done with that much. I don't know if that's good. I think it's all right. I think it's, oh, I mean, I appreciate that. I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a standing, you know, it's, it's a, it's, it's like, it's, there's a little storm, but there's a storm, but every week we sail into port. Right. Totally. And go, the fuck, man. <laughs> yeah. We say the fuck, man. I mean, I don't, I would have self-immolated, I think. 
over the last four years without this as an yeah. outlet. Yeah, I mean, you have to. It was a, it was constant reality checking. Yeah. You know, it was, it was pinch me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, looking at these are really good questions. Just pull they this are. over. Um, oh, I. You won't want to answer this, but I'm going to pull it out, Dan. All right. If COVID hadn't happened, do you think Trump would have been reelected? Oh, I totally want to answer yeah. that. Yes. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Without it, it, I will. I think go, it would have been close, but I think I will go been. so far as to say, even if COVID had happened and they had managed it with even a fraction of competency, I think he would have been reelected. But certainly, if it never happened, he would have been reelected in a in a walk. Uh, on Twitter, Kin Kanguru asks, is the coping strategy aspect still as relevant to you as it was a few months slash years ago with Biden as the new president, yes. pandemic situation, improving, yes. et cetera? Yes, it's always. <laughs> it's just therapy and you listen to it. <laughs> uh, it does sort of feel like that, doesn't it? I, I don't think it feels like it. I think that's what it is. Well, so that brings up another question, which is uh, Tony Becker on Facebook asked, I feel like a lot of your personal lives come through in the podcast, which is cool and appreciated. But is it, but is it weird that there are several hundred people that listen to you every week or twice a week and feel like they know you? That's fine with me. I'll fuck around with anybody. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I like I started Punk Planet magazine when I was 19. Right. And wrote a column in there for all of that time. Like and then that faded and social media began to show up like I kind of feel like. I'm fairly used to sort of living in public to some degree, like to a public to a public of. Weirdos. Yeah, I'm fine. I mean, I'll give you a for instance, so. Uh, I, for many years, worked with a, a company called Mischief Management, and I ran the lit track for LeakyCon and GeekyCon. Yeah. And uh, the way that happened was they were running, a, so LeakyCon was a Harry Potter convention that became like a more generalized fandom reading, posi- I would say a positivity event at the risk of sounding too goopy, but it's a very positive kind of reader thing. And I'd, I'd never heard of it, but my friend, um, John Green, was going to one in Boston. And I was following this on Twitter at home. I guess it was Twitter. I guess this is, yeah. And he was like, I'm at this thing. And I made a joke about, and he's like, you should come. And I was like, yeah, sure, I'll get, I'll, I'll come. And then Melissa, who runs it, said, you should definitely come. There's an open invitation. And I, it was in the middle of the day. And I was like, okay. And I just put some stuff in a bag, got on a train to Boston. Wow. Uh, never, had never met any, like I'd never met Melissa there before. Like I showed up, I'm like, hey, I'm Maureen. And she's running around with her clipboard, running a con. She's like, you're here. This is great. You're going to be staying with me. And there were all the rooms were booked. <laughs> but literally she's like, you could just stay with me in my room. And so I literally, she had a giant king size bed. I, I was like, and she's like, 
y'all have to sleep there, but they, they had like a big suite. So they uh-huh. had like common rooms with bedrooms. And so there were bedrooms shooting off the suite. So they like everybody worked in the suite and slept with the, you know, you know, it was like a big kind of communal space. So I just, they had meetings in there. I once fell asleep with three people having a full on meeting on the bed. Um, <laughs> and that's how I met them. Like I literally just showed up, rocked up with my suitcase and was like, sure, why not? And uh, then I was like, hey, there should be a lit track. She's like, you should do it. And we're like, yeah. And that's how I met Mel. So if that gives you any kind of perspective. On- <laughs> I mean, that said, uh, I think both of us don't, you know, there are certainly things that we don't talk about as much or, you know, aspects of life that don't get as much prominence in the show or on social media or that kind of thing, because, uh, you know, the, yeah, we're not reality TV stars. And Speak there's for yourself. Certainly... I'm hanging my old, my whole ass out here. Dan. <laughs> <laughs> well, then on that note, at monkey CLD on Twitter asks, how has the podcast affected your families? What to Oscar, Janice, the teen, and the now six-year-old? Think about it. Oscar's fine with it. He doesn't care. <laughs> yeah, uh, same. Uh, both the teen and Janice listen to it every week. Uh, the teen has gotten to the point now where I will often kind of bounce things off of him because he listens to it. And not only does he listen to it, but he is... Um, he is deeply invested in some of the weirdo aspects of uh of sort of trump world like i i will turn to him to fill me in on what is happening to mike lindell the my pillow guy or things like that so um so yeah they're they're totally in on it the six-year-old uh you know he just knows that we record like are you recording today like yeah He's my friend. He is your friend. Has he gotten his Slurpee yet? He has not gotten his Slurpee yet. He's not gotten his Slurpee yet. He he also, we really thought he was going to lose his tooth before his birthday, uh, which was Sunday. And uh, that tooth is still hanging on. Wild. When I was, I remember one time when I was a kid, I was just, I had one of those teeth that was just not coming out. And it was, it was wiggling, 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 and wouldn't come out. And I remember, because I remember I was at my grandmother's house, and my dad said, why don't you try biting down on my finger to to loose, like to see if we can <laughs> loosen it? And I took that as an invitation, Dan. <laughs> Never ask your child to bite your finger. No. I chomped, Dan. Oh, yeah. I was like, he's like, you. I was like, well, you told me to bite your finger. <laughs> like, the, like the game. Like the, the game? There was a board game, Dan. What? From the 70s. And it was called, I want to bite your finger. <laughs> sure it was. And it was, well, a, it was a vampire game. Wow. And it had a little, hold on, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull it up. I'm going to find it. I, people, I've told people about this. Some people don't believe it's real, but hold on. It's spelled I-V-A-N-T to... Bite your finger. Okay, here we go. I'm gonna I'm gonna put this link here for you, Dan. Oh my god. Oh, this yep. is the commercial for I want yeah. to bite your finger. Yeah. So 
the the very quick part of the commercials there's a clock so there this is a small board that sits in front of a large stand-up dracula who has a cape pulled in front of his face and there's a clock in one corner when the clock strikes 12 it looks like or some some time his cape opens up and then whoever the current player is has to stick their finger in his mouth <laughs> and it, it, it and you get like a little two red dots on your little finger powder powder he, he bites your finger wow I want to bite your finger. It's a Dracula game. Just set the clock and try your luck. Yeah. It's a stupid game. It's a stupid game where you move things around. And if a clock runs out, you got to stick your finger in Dracula's mouth. (laughs) Well. It's literally what it is. Well, on that note, Maureen. Uh Uh-huh. Chris Preville. On Facebook, asks, I wonder if he stuck his finger in Dracula's mouth. That does not sound like a dirty euphemism, but it's literally just definitely. about shoving your finger in Dracula's mouth. Uh, I get re- the more you say, oh, you've been shoving your finger in Dracula's mouth. <laughs> definitely. No <laughs> part of it sounds right. <laughs> That's great. Even just trying to explain, no, it's a children's game sounds bad. Yeah, it's a kid's game where you stick your finger in Dracula's Anyway, Chris asks... What are some of the things you guys might want to do if you weren't writers? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just a writer. See, I don't even know if I am a writer. That's a, like the theme oh, of my are. life. I know, but the theme of my life has been struggling with the idea that I'm a writer. So... I I don't even know if I am. I mean, I've just done so many different things and continue to do so many different things that it's hard to kind of know what it is I would want to do. I'm the sort of person that will see something and be like, oh, that would have been fun. Like my A1, like, oh, man, that would be would be a the sculptor of fake rock in Disney World. Oh, I think that would be just fun as shit. Being like the fake rock work sculptor. Yeah. Like helping to run Disney World. Yeah. Like I like I like having a clipboard a lot. Oh, there you go. I like it. You know what I mean? Like helping yeah. stuff behind the scenes. I like that. Give you a clipboard and a hard hat. And or a place. I don't want a hard hat. I want a clipboard. I don't want to okay. run the constructions. So, like I like helping manage things and, and a place that if I was allowed off hours, like I could roller skate around it. <laughs> that's a big dream it's a good dream yeah i like that on the same on the same tip here jennifer barton asks as a purpose as a person struggling with purpose goal and vision i'm 46 years old and still don't know what i want to be when i grow up do you feel like you're living your purpose or goals and how do you how did you get there if you are essentially what advice do you have for someone struggling with purpose Um, I think just, uh, never really, never giving up and just a lot, like, I'm a very fluid person. Mm -hmm. So I'm very like, oh, is this what we're doing now? Yeah. I definitely don't have a goal. Like, I don't have a, 
this is where I want to be. Like, this is what I want to do. I mean, I don't even know that I know what I want to be when I grow up, you know? Yeah. This is, you know, this is what we're doing now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, relax, man. My, my tip is relax, man. I remember I might've actually talked to this at some point in, in, uh, in all of these episodes, but one of the things that I have hung on to for a very long time now is uh, in Punk Planet, we ran an interview with Ian Mackay from Fugazi and Discord Records. And in it, he talked about how he was like, I was cleaning my room and I was listening to Led Zeppelin. He's like, and Robert Plant was singing about all this stuff that I thought about as being very adult things. And then I realized that he was younger than I am at the time I'm, I was listening to it. And he was like, so I called my dad and I said, I'm like, I'm freaking out because I think I forgot to become an adult. And he was like, and my dad told me, well, first of all, I knew you when you were a kid and I see you and I see an adult. I know that you are an adult. And so don't worry if you think you aren't because you are. You make many adult choices uh, along the way. And he's like, and secondly, I don't feel like an adult. And I think about that a lot, like as the parent of two kids, one of whom is the fucking teenager, like 16 year old teenager, which which I remember being. um, And yet also sometimes don't feel like an adult or certainly feel like I missed some important parts of adult school. But um, but also have done, you know, all sorts of really fun and amazing things and wouldn't have happened had I been like, well, this is what I have to be doing. Dan, today I opened up my mail and somebody had sent me this it is a action little figurine of D.B. Cooper. <laughs> wow. With a little um, little parachute. And you can. Uh, you can uh, throw the. You can shoot, you can throw him, find him. And if you don't know who D.B. Cooper is, this is a man who I believe it was in 1970 or 1971, was on an airplane, set past the stewardess and no, and here's a sidebar. There were a shocking number of hijackings in the early 70s. Oh, yeah. It was like on the regular planes were getting hijacked. Oh, yeah. People didn't even seem that freaked out about it. I remember being a kid and being very afraid of hijacking. And my mom telling me, because my, my grandma lived in Florida, so we would go down probably about once a year. And I was, I was always very, very worried that we would get, uh, and my mom being like, oh, you don't need to worry. If we get hijacked, we will fly to Cuba yeah. and they'll give you a treat and then we'll fly home. And I was like, yeah. oh, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. It seemed like everybody was like, just fly me to Cuba. And they were like, okay, like. People seem to almost enjoy being hijacked. But DB was like, I want a bunch of money. And then he got all this money and then he was hanging out and chilling on the plane and then he parachuted out and was never seen again. And people have always tried to find DB Cooper. And there's a guy with a pretty, he had a plan. And um, I would say it's a, he really, he lived his dream, but it was a real open-ended plan where he's like, he jumped out of a plane <laughs> and then either, you know, like now he's a mysterious man. And, you know, I just feel like he's a good symbol of someone who's just rolling with it. <laughs> <laughs>
You're like wearing your what would DB do bracelet yeah. right now. I got my, my shades on. I'm like, look, I'm not, I don't want to cause anybody any fuss. I go, I just want a bucket of money. And then I'm going to see where, where the wind takes me. <laughs> Literally. Uh, on that note, Michi Cat on Twitter asks, what are your actual coping strategies for stress slash anxiety? Any self-care tips? We have for five years maintained it's not a podcast, it's a coping strategy. What are some of our actual coping strategies? Ooh, relentlessly surfing the internet? <laughs> Just, we were into doom scrolling before it was cool. Listening to podcasts, dogs, cooking. I will tell you the best thing that I have done this spring slash summer. And I was thinking about it. it, was just, it was br it's been brutally hot this past week, but it hasn't been raining. And so I've been able to pick this back up. But I, uh, I got this cheap inflatable couch. I have talked about the inflatable couch before. Cost like 25 bucks or something. And it's just two tubes and you fucking throw them around in the air for a while and they eventually fill enough with air and then you roll them up. And uh, every afternoon after working, after recording, after doing whatever, I will take about 30, 45 minutes. I will set up the inflatable couch in the shade in the yard. I will put headphones on and a podcast on and I will just sit there. There's no one else in the yard there's birds flying around, and it's so fucking relaxing. That sounds great. It is the best. It is the best decision I have made this year is doing that and doing it with regularity because it has helped a lot. Yeah, if you can, take a little break. Listen to something, some music. Nice bath. Do you like a nice bath? I like a nice bath. I don't. I'm too tall for a bath. Oh, or at least the bathtub we have. It's not very comfortable. A little tiny old-fashioned bathtub? Yeah, exactly. Like a little, I imagine you in a little actual tub, those little like wash basin kind <laughs> exactly. of ones where you're all scrunched up in front yeah. of the fire. Exactly. The little brush. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Also, again, just scrolling, relentlessly scrolling the internet, you know. <laughs> I, I feel like relentlessly scrolling the internet used to be more fun. Relentlessly. I feel like uh, it used to be more fun. So, some good questions. Um, Liz Carter asks, what's your favorite cherry-based dish? I got about a billion cherries to use, mostly frozen currently, but would like some space in the freezer. I think we know what Dan's going to say, cherry pie. You know what? I Cherries are probably... My least favorite stone fruit. Hmm. What about uh, in a Black Forest Gateau cake? Uh, definitely not. Wow. I have a very limited tolerance for cherries, and I'm not sure why. I like sour cherries more than like a than a sweet cherry, uh, but I'm just not a cherry guy. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, letting us all down. I know. I'm sorry. What about you, though? Um. Now that I'm thinking about it, it's like the best red flavor of any candy or like whatever. You're like, well, obviously I want the cherry one. Anything else is stupid. But I guess uh, black cherry ice cream is good. 
Um, like a cherry pastries. That's true. Actually, cherry pastries are good. Like, like yeah, a, cherry danishes are like very cherry good. Cherry danish is a yeah. good time. Cherry danish. There you go. Or a cherry, like a cherry. Um, though I'm getting all the wrong words: stroganoff, stromboli, uh, like a like a wrapped. You know what I mean? Like a wrapped pastry dish that you could mm -hmm. slice into pieces. What is oh the word? yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking. Something about. like that. Yeah. There are a bunch of these what's your favorites. I lumped them into a group that I called lightning round. Maybe it's time for the lightning round. So Maureen, Allison Holly asks, what's your favorite bridge? Hmm. Favorite bridge. I'm going to say the, ugh. See, I live in New York, so that's tough. <laughs> there, it's going to be one in London, I think. Um, if only there was a famous bridge in London. Yeah, but it's not like, the one over, uh, the one that goes between the South Bank and the area of Parliament Square, which, is that the South Bank Bridge? Is it called the South Bank Bridge? Oh, I know that one. I used to stay at a hotel right at the edge of that bridge. Yeah, because the South Bank is great. It's right when you get off the Waterloo train station. Right. Um, it's sort of like, I think of that as like the entrance to Funland. <laughs> For me, it is the Cortland Street Bridge in Chicago, my very favorite bridge of all time. It is a old metal uh, drawbridge, like raises up on one side. It connects uh, a street that I used to live off of to what used to be a very industrial part of the city. Now all of that industry is gone and it's going to become a multi-billion dollar like Yay, redevelopment thing. As it but, should um, be. It is a small bridge. When you stand on it, you get a really beautiful view of this of the skyline of Chicago. To me, it's just it's very connected into sort of my early 20s when I just worked relentlessly and my my idea of fun, not kidding was to walk from my apartment to that bridge to get a uh, Arizona iced tea from the corner store that was right around there and then sit on the curb and watch the forging, steel forging plant pour steel in the middle of the night. Oh, there's a lot to unpack there, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have was, time to unpack all of that. It was great. But the Cortland Street Bridge is so much my favorite bridge. It, it, it plays a very important role in the Mayor Emanuel story. That's true. That's the bridge that he uh, that he ends up under after the Illinois Supreme Court briefly removes him from the from the uh, from the mayoral ticket. Uh, Cat Maui asks, "What's your favorite shark?" Feel free to ask the six-year-old. <laughs> Does he like sharks? You know, he's a bird guy. He's a hundred percent a bird guy. Right. Had a brief dalliance with other animals, but he shark is 100% bird. bird. Bird shark? He's a big bird shark fan. I don't know that I have. I mean, well, fuck it. Hammerhead. Are you kidding me? Hammerhead sharks are amazing. They look like they're fucking aliens. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know if I have a favorite shark. I. It's left shark, actually, from the back of that that video. Left shark. I like that. Nice, old, old. Is it that old? 
It's like an old meme reference. I like that. Memes only last about four minutes. Oh, lift shark. Ah, <laughs> uh, Maureen Johnson. What's the strangest email tweet letter request that y'all have received? Podcast related or not. Uh, this is a day I got a, a text message from somebody saying the parachutes were ready. <laughs> what? Yeah. Somebody texted me my mistake to tell me that the parachutes were ready. Wow. And I started texting back some banana stuff and then they stopped texting me, but I was pretty excited. <laughs> was it D.B. Cooper? Yes. Well, there you go. What if it was D.B. Cooper? Yeah. Yeah. He's Probably. like, I'm. let's do it again. He's like, I'm ready. Maureen, I'm ready for you. All right. Let's go back to the podcast at Blizzard of Math on Twitter asks, what are your favorite opening characters in the podcast? I think that's probably pretty obvious. It's the drive through kid and the passenger. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I care about them a lot. <laughs> it's that bit has been going for a very long time now. I don't think there's any bit that we've done that has had that longevity. No, because, you, you know, he's so wholesome. He's very, he's very wholesome. The kid's always just trying his best. He's just trying to do his job. And frankly, so's the passenger. That's <laughs> true. That is, that is kind of true. They are both just trying their best in yeah, they're both their just own trying, way. Yeah. They're both just trying to do their jobs. It just happens that they're in opposition of each other. Yeah, but they're both, they both have good intent. You know, they're trying their best. My uh, my favorite moment with the drive through kid was the Christmas special when he started singing the Christmas song from start to finish. Which I know from heart because Maureen Johnson, I sang that as a solo in the eighth grade choir. What is the Christmas? Is that chestnuts, chestnuts roasting on an open fire? Jack Frost nipping at your nose beautiful yeah but yeah so that was that was the drive-thru kid channeling a little tiny middle girls. school dan sinker whose Maybe voice probably sounded just like the drive-thru kids at that point and folks dressed up like eskimos everybody knows turkeys. i have a high voice <laughs> it's beautiful though <laughs> yeah it is how dare you how all dare right. you? Oh, we're getting into the whole Mrs. Roper thing all over oh, again. No. Oh, all oh, right. oh, no. At Isla Scribbles. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Asks, what are three things you would tell you're just about to launch Says Who 2016 selves if you had the chance? Uh, don't worry about it. <laughs> don't ask too many questions. And, um... Buy Bitcoin. Uh... Stock up on dry goods. <laughs> Buy N95 masks. Buy N95 Don't masks. ask why. And you'll think that this was not useful, but it will be. Lice, get some Lysol. Yeah. Get some, go out and get some fresh air now. <laughs> <laughs> Just enjoy it. Just right now. Really enjoy right really now. Really get out there. Just... 
get out there. Just go. Have a good time. You've got two months to live your best life. Yeah. Yeah. Just live it. Yeah. We we both got real pensive there for a second. <laughs> we like, did. Shit. We both just stared off into the distance. All right. One of the, the I, I think this is the last question. We are running up on time. Add Scruffajet asks, what is the best thing you have gotten out of doing the podcast? Friends. Friendship. Friendship. I think a thing that is very funny that I think about now is we really didn't know each other very much when we started. We'd hung out a couple of times and we'd made a lot of jokes on Twitter. Mm Mm-hmm. But uh, we didn't know. Yeah, we didn't know what the fuck we were doing. No. And we really I mean, we really didn't know each other. <laughs> and Hardly now at all. And now and now we really know each other. It's like me rocking up and being like, oh, I'm going to sleep here. Cool. Let's do this. <laughs> What's that you got there? Pizza. Uh, uh, says who? Let's just fuck around with anybody. <laughs> it's. Made possible all these years now, these 200 years, 200 years made possible by you through your support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash says who, where because 200 episodes wasn't enough, there's a whole nother episode of says who every Sunday, you know, why not? Maybe we'll answer some more of your questions. Ah, at patreon.com slash says who five bucks a month, 10 months a month gets you that 10 bucks a month also gets you the says who sticker club sticker in your mailbox every single month. Our theme music for 200 episodes has been performed by Ted Leo, truly one of the greats. Our logo was designed by Darth. Another great one. You can contact us at Says Who Podcast on Twitter. You can email at hey, that is H-E-Y, at SaysWhoPodcast.com. You can join the discussion on Facebook at slash group slash Says Whovians. Our Facebook group is moderated by Janice Dillard, and I will give a little thanks to her because she has made that group amazing over these past many hundred episodes. So thank you. For that work, and thank you to everyone for taking part in that little community. If you want to join the Fan Run Discord, another amazing community associated with this podcast, you can visit tinyurl.com slash says who discord. You can spread the word, subscribe, and please leave stars and reviews on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And you can join us next Wednesday, July 14th, for our very next episode number two. <laughs> Oh, one. 201, baby. Whoa. That's right. Amy Carter Shue wouldn't have been a celebration without you, I guess. I'm here to party. You sure are. I am not sure I want to know how you party. Uh, Oh, yes, you do. Mm. No, I don't. Uh, If the shoe fits. Mm. And the shoe fits. You know what I mean? Uh, low and slow. Mm. 
I was hearing about that bungee thing. <laughs> yeah, I think that would probably be right up your alley. Oh, it is right up my alley. <laughs> that was the thing that I said, and I regretted it as it was coming out of my mouth before it reached the microphone. Never apologize, never explain. <laughs> <laughs> and again, through all 200 episodes, we've been brought to you by Blue Apron. Blue oh, Apron. Add code SESU200 to receive no 200 code. potatoes. Are they even still in business? I think so. Really? Yep. They sure gave up on podcasts. Well, Dan, I'm really glad you said that because... Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> what am oh, I doing? No. Oh, no. Oh, oh, I shouldn't no. have said that. Oh, I no. shouldn't have. I really shouldn't have. I have regrets. On the menu this week. We oh, haven't done boy. on the menu in a while. Let's see what we oh, have Lord. got. Oh, boy. We have... Beef and sweet pepper Mafalda pasta that looks 100% like this pasta that I used to eat out of a can for lunch when I was a kid that was called like roller coasters, I believe. <laughs> Chef Boyardee roller coasters. It's kind of squiggly things with beef in it. Oh, yeah. Ah, uh, Once again, they have introduced the amazing grilled cheese in which they... Fontina and peach grilled cheese. Yes, the delicious combination of Fontina cheese and peaches. They'll send you one peach, a couple slices of cheese, some bread, and some lettuce, all for the low, low price of $20. And we have, oh, I love it when they do things like grilled cheese. It just makes me so happy. <laughs> ah, pasta with corn and tomatoes, in which they give you some uh, 20 cents worth of pasta and a tomato and tell you to cook it yourself. And, oh boy. <laughs> How, it's amazing that they're not doing as well. You know, with these amazing things where you grill, get a grilled cheese that you have to make yourself for 20 bucks. Honestly. Yeah. They're really messing that up with a, you know, 500% profit margin. Remember when I used to have that guy over with his high-powered vacuum who was like, uh, <laughs> I tried to break into Blue Brain headquarters. I like how the, like, handyman that you got from Task mm -hmm. Rabbit. Yep. You let in there. Remember when I used to have that guy over? <laughs> like, remember... Yep. Remember my buddy used to stop by? Yep. We'd have Ovaltine together. Like it was just something that happened. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, oh, man, I miss that guy. Like it was nothing I could do about it. Yeah, we used to have beers on Friday nights. Remember that guy used to come over? Remember when that guy used to come over, Dan? <laughs> remember when Remember when I used to contract for a handyman to come and fix things in my house? Remember those good times? <laughs> Ah, oh, those were the days and when that guy would come over. <laughs> that guy would come over and be like, yeah, I tried to put him on an FBI watch list. So I had to stop breaking into Blue Apron. <laughs> <laughs> From my basement in Chicago, I am Dan Sinker. I miss that guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I wonder if I can meet. I wonder if I can get that guy back. Probably. I bet I could. At some point, he needs to replace the batteries and all the bugs that he placed in your apartment. That's right, because he had been like, he had gotten in trouble for like, uh, rec 
Look, I... <laughs> I had that guy back like three times. Oh, yeah, you sure did. As soon as we stop recording, there's going to be a knock at your door. And the guy's going to go, hey, you're talking about me? <laughs> I'll be like, come on in, man. <laughs> like, hey, yeah, I was. Yeah, Good I want to hang a hook from the ceiling so I can get this bungee rig in here. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to hire someone to put a hook in my ceiling. For a bungee rig? No. Although... Now I'm thinking about it. it is very painful. But f- wait, what is the hook for? Fun. <laughs> Just my fun hook. That right there, that's my fun so hook. So I so I could move my hanging chair into my office if I want. No. Because I have we fun. have a hook in the living room, but I could right. put one in my office as well so I could bring it in here. Because it's real easy. Just you just kind of unhook it and you can carry it around. It's basically just a stick. I it is, you are not far from having a hook in every room and then oh, you're yeah. just carrying your hanging chair from room to room. Yeah, that's the plan. That is the literal plan. <laughs> it is my actual plan then. <laughs> this has been Sezu. <laughs> <laughs> it's fitting that the 200th episode you did not actually say your name. Go make my grill, my blue apron grilled cheese. Mm.